stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. The Brave Maker Show is hosted by Tony Gapperstone. Thanks for tuning in. It's showtime. It is showtime, everyone. Welcome to episode, ready for this, 193. That means we're like seven away from our live 200th show at the Brave Maker Film Fest on July 13th. Hope you're going to attend. My name is Tony Gapasom. My pronouns are he, him, his. And my voice is a little crazy right now. I didn't go to bed till like three in the morning because we had the finale of our Brave Maker Academy session last night. Uh, we kicked off a film screening uh, in Redwood City for Pride. And it's our announcement day for the Brave Maker Film Festival. So I am getting to talk with all these great filmmakers about when their film is going to be screened. And it's, uh, it's a lot of good fun. But today, oh my gosh, this is a whole nother story today. Uh, my guest today on episode 193, it's been like a whirlwind of getting to know him over the past couple, it's only been two weeks, uh, but it's been phenomenal and you're in for a treat. So uh, if you're watching live uh, or on the replay, uh, share this because I think you'll be inspired and there's some really cool opportunities that we are partnering together with uh, through BraveMaker that you could even make happen because brave stories change the world and you are the story and this is a true brave storyteller so welcome to episode 193 actor producer writer solomon hughes sullivan how's it going tony good okay so uh we get to get to know each other a little bit more we, I, I know you you know enough enough over the past two weeks we got to hang out and do coffee and been texting and calling uh, so we got 45 minutes to dig in deep and we probably need a whole heck of a lot more time because you're doing a lot of cool things and I'm really stoked. So why don't you introduce yourself, uh, give us your pronouns uh, and a visual description for people who are listening. Sure. My name is Solomon Hughes. My pronouns are he, him, his. Um, and I am from born and raised in California. I grew up in Southern California, but moved up to the Bay Area for college. And essentially the Bay Area has been, has been home since. Um, and you know, I worked in education for the majority of my adult life. And then in 2019, an incredible opportunity came my way to audition for the role of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in an upcoming show on HBO and uh, went through the audition process, booked the role, was thrilled to be a part of, of, the, uh, of the entertainment space because I'm someone, I say this all the time, that has been deeply inspired by the stories on stage, on TV and film, et cetera, in my own personal life. And so to be a part of this project has been, uh, has been an absolute blessing from, from, from God. And I'm just really grateful for the people I've gotten to meet and the opportunities that have come my way. And uh, Tony, yeah, it's, the way we were connected has just really been amazing because I, you know, from day one, I was really interested in, in being a bigger part of the storytelling process. Obviously, there, I mean, everybody has a huge part. You know, being in front of the camera is one part, but just the way these stories can come to life, writing, et cetera. That was something that I've been thinking about for a while. And so that's how Tony and I were connected. So cool. All right. So I, I want to, so, oh my gosh. So I've been telling, I've been telling this story over and over and over how we got connected, <laughs> which is so fun. So I don't want to go there quite yet, but let's back up. First of all, you have a PhD, you taught at Stanford. You obviously you played basketball uh, and you had never had a role on a TV show before right. freaking HBO 
winning time. So let's back up to just go, how did this role come to be for you? I know you got sure. a call, you had a friend, but tell yeah. everybody, because it's one of those stories that's like, are you serious? This guy yeah. just got this call and all of a sudden he's on the show. So right. bring us into right. the whole the whole thing, how it all went. Yeah, happened. so like like the, the full context is, Right after, uh, right after I graduated college, I had a former teammate from Cal Berkeley, Robbie Jones, who had moved down um, to, to Hollywood and got into acting and was re- really finding a lot of success early on. He's a fabulous actor. He's been acting for a number of years. And, um, and I remember moving down to L.A. and I had two goals. I was going to work on my basketball game because I wanted to, p- to pursue a professional contract. Um, but I also was interested in the entertainment space. And so... I went as far as going to meet with a talent agent, um, and it was not. It was you know it was one of those things where it's the the, the balance of power is all essentially yeah. sits on one side of the desk, and and it was it was a pretty demeaning experience. Um, but one thing I did get, I got an opportunity to audition for for a commercial. I didn't book the role, but it always you know it was, it was something that kind of stayed in my head again because I, I often talk about just how grateful I am for the stories I've seen. Um, and so over the years, I would send my photos into different agencies, just seeing, hey, maybe there's something out there. Mm-hmm. Nothing was ever clicking. And then, um, you know, I mean, I, I just really, it was like people talk about, you know, the doors that God opens, nobody can close. And I, I learned about this opportunity. And, and I tell people when I did the initial audition, in my mind, I was like, I'm just grateful to get an opportunity for someone to give me an answer. Any kind of feedback. Yes, no, maybe so, whatever. And, and so when it turned into, hey, we want to fly you down to L.A. and have you audition in front of the, the production team, I was like, wow, this is crazy. But, you know, another cool part of the story. We'll see where it goes. And then, you know, a week after that, that L.A. audition, I found out that I booked the role. It's wild. Okay, so, you know, admittedly, um, you know, my confession is uh, I'm horrible at basketball. I think I'm traumatized because <laughs> I sat the bench in middle school and never got played because I'm bad. I'm mean, just going to be honest. I'm not, I'm not good at team sports. <laughs> I like being fit and working out and surfing and snowboarding and being in the gym because nobody does depend on me. I don't have to pass the ball and fumble <laughs> or whatever. Um, so... I, I, I'm, I'm also like recognizing I am a Bay area person. My household, my wife is a raging warriors fan. So I know some people are going to have some you know challenges because of the Lakers. Um, <laughs> I want to know and ask you, did you have an affinity to the, to the Lakers and what was kind of like your, your, you know, home team, yeah. if you will. So growing up for sure, I, w- I was definitely a fan of the Lakers. Um, I mean, that was the team we watched and obviously I, I grew up in the eighties, so that was a wild yeah. era. They were yeah. wildly successful, successful during yeah. that time. And, um, and I absolutely, you know, my dad had a specific appreciation for Kareem. And so, you know, that definitely Gosh. trickled down to his kids. Um, but I, you know, I, I tell people now I am, I'm a fan of players, uh, uh-huh. not organizations. Um, and so I, you know, if, if, if somebody, if, if, there's, if there's a player that I like and I admire who they are on the court, who they are off the court, I'm rooting for them wherever they go. So, so and it's, it's been fun to root for the Warriors the past few years. I know people will say that's fair weather, but no, I just, you know, I, again, I love the players. I love the people who kind of, you know, they're all artists in my mind. They're artists yeah. and they're performing for us. And I think it's a beautiful thing. So the Warriors in particular, it's been amazing watching the amount of success that they've had. And Steph Curry, I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. So, so I feel, I do feel connected, even though yeah, I am portraying. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I've never heard that before. And I don't know why I have not. That makes totally sense that, that basketball is a performative art. That's really cool to think about that. And I think we're also seeing, I mean, Steph Curry, obviously super famous and well-known in, in yeah. the country, but in the Bay Area, he's 
everybody knows. I mean, he lives very close to us because you live in the Bay Area too. And he's right. you know, he goes and his son plays um, Little League in my city with some of our friends. And it's kind of a really cool thing. But he's got a really great personality and yeah. vibe and in in uh, seems like authentic, transparent, and also kind reputation that a lot of people love too. So I think that also speaks to the reputation and power of these players and, and artists to impact community, even though some might push it off and say, I don't want that. I just want to play ball. But that's really cool that you did grow up watching Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So talk about that a little bit, because this is an icon. This is someone everybody knows. Uh, you're stepping into his shoes. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, what was that like in the preparation? Did you do coaching? Did you yeah. do you know, research? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I mean, I, just when I had the first, I did just the, the, uh, the, uh, the self tape, I immediately read the book that the first season is based on. Um, and you know, it was, it was fun because I growing up, I felt like I knew a lot. I felt like I knew more than the average person because I'd read a lot of his books. I'd read his autobiography, et cetera. Um, but, uh, when, when I, when I booked the role, then I just went like, student mode again and really just did a deep dive into you know who is this man what made this man and i wanted to learn about the ecosystems that he came from so i wanted to learn more about new york you know i wanted to learn more about what it was like to grow up in the 50s and the 60s um, i wanted to know about his parents where his parents came from etc um and and i think you know I, I i i feel like my 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 kids are having a similar experience so growing up in la when the lakers are just dominating basketball you know, my daughter has grown up in the Warriors era in the Bay Area. So it's like championship after championship after championship. And so you get, you get spoiled. You're right? you have you, you, your ideas like, oh, the home team always wins, essentially. Um, and so, so, you know, that was fun. But obviously, beyond just the world championships, there were the things that Kareem was doing. There were the things that he was speaking on, the way he was stepping up, standing up for the oppressed. You know, his decision um, when he was a college student to participate in the Cleveland Summit um, in support of Muhammad Ali's decision to, to not go to Vietnam. You know, these are massive decisions that have all sorts of implications on yeah. just how marketable you are, et cetera. So this is obviously somebody who's really trying to stay, into, stay tuned into his conscience and what his responsibility is as somebody who has a platform in America. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Kareem still has a platform in America, too, as a social justice advocate. I love reading his work in The Hollywood Reporter, which is kind of fun and ironic, you know, that he's on this other side now writing about right. culture, right. Uh, and, and you're getting to play him. So can you talk a little bit about your, you know, as you step into this icon's shoes and character and faith He's a uh, he has a faith too, and you know right, you have a right. faith in real life. Yeah. I'd love to just kind of hear any ways that you had la he had a lasting impact on you. Or still, you're playing him again in season oh, two, right? So yeah, for sure. You know, I think it's a great question. I feel like I think I think one of the realizations I had early on um, was just kind of connecting the dots on the ways we are always kind of performing, right? Like so, basketball, playing college basketball, playing professional basketball. There's this there's this component where you're being watched and you have to lock into a zone, right? You have to lock into a flow and not be distracted. Right. And so I think, um, I think that helped a lot stepping into the acting world because it's like, how do you focus in and be in the moment, not be distracted by, you know, the cameras, the, all the activity that's going on around you um, that helped. But I think with, you know, in terms of that character, you're talking about six time MVP, six time MVP. No one's had more, right. I mean, like, arguably, 
the greatest, if not one of the greatest of all time, um, who did it over such a long period of time, um, who didn't shy away from conversations, from discussions that were that more were, were difficult. And so there's this there's this courage there, there's this bravery there that um, you know tapping into that character was was eye opening. And you know I've heard it said, and I know I'm sure you, you know this. It's like there's there, there's part of some therapist practice is like role playing acting. And so I think for me it was you know getting into this character and and um you know really trying to connect and empathize with just the amount of pressure that was on him um you know I, I, one of the things that i say about the, the lakers that really blows my mind is the fact that they had that level of success in hollywood right so there are, you know one of the most like observed surveilled places on the planet where there's just so much pressure so many different things pulling you in lots of different directions the fact that they were able to focus on the basketball court the fact that he was able to focus the way he did for so long um i think you know, I, I feel like I just have so much more admiration for that level of focus. And I like to think that I've tried to, you know, apply that to my, my personal life now. Um, so, yeah. That's cool. Okay. So I like, I like talking to actors. I'm an actor too, but also I'm a director. And I was thinking about what you were saying about acting with the distractions, you know, kind of connecting that to being a basketball per, player who's got, a, like, got all the distractions right, going around. <laughs> Um, I'd love to just hear what's you, some of your process. Everyone's got a different process. Uh, how, how did you, how do you stay in the, uh, in the, yeah. in the zone with a boom, some, you know, around you. And it's like, I, I'm telling our acting class, you know, acting class is great. And you had all this freedom and you're, you're working scenes and you could spend as much time as you want, but then you get on set and sometimes like, Oh, we're done. We're moving. I, I needed like five more minutes. I needed an hour to get to this place. I would love to just hear anything tip wise. Yeah, sure, sure. yeah. That yeah. helped you. Yeah. I, you know, I think you know, with, with basketball reps, repetition is important. And so, I mean, I remember in training, you know, there was a specific way I wanted to shoot. There was a specific way I wanted the ball to go into the basket and so I definitely applied that to just first and foremost, knowing the lines, knowing the scene. Right? <laughs> yeah. So just, you know, over like almost overdoing it so that that part is taken care of. Right. And, and I, you know, Jason Siegel you know, says this a lot. And I really appreciate this because I feel like it's it's what I used as kind of a, as a guiding light is like when you take care of the things that you have to have control over, when you know your lines, and you know, the scene, then there's a freedom that happens in the scene. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 so for me, I think, yeah, first and foremost, is just knowing my lines, right? And, and just putting the stress of like that away. Um, and then <clears throat> I think, um, I think <clears throat> like similar to what I, what I talked about prior, really just immersing myself in everything about, in everything about that character's life, right? And so, so for, what was fun with this project was it's the eighties, right? And mm -hmm. the eighties is it's, it feels kind of like this mysterious era for me because I was a kid and I wasn't fully conscious of everything that was going on. But when you think about, you know, the 80s was like the lead up to the LA riots. I mean, there's so much mm -hmm. going on in LA. So immersing myself in the music of that time, That's obviously cool. he was a huge jazz aficionado. I already loved jazz, but I like tripled down on how much I was consuming it. And so, you know, just li really listening to the music of the era. Um, and then in the, in the, in the, in the moment, you know, I feel like when you're blessed to work with castmates who, you know, they ask you, when it's your coverage, what do you need, right? There's just, there's this selflessness, there's this giving that I'm like fully committed to because it, it's, 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 it feels like the ultimate team sport, right? You guys are both stepping out in this very vulnerable place and you're committing to each other that I'm going to be fully present 
you know, I, I, I often say like the thing that some of the things that I love the most about it is like, there's no cell phones on set. You're locked in. It's eye to eye contact. You're like fully immersed in what this person is doing, et cetera. Mm. And so like, you know, I, so yeah, for, for me, the preparation is just making sure my, my intangibles are together, knowing what my, what my what castmates need. Um, and trying to think if there's anything else I can think of. Um, um, you know, I think loving practice, loving the practice, right? Right. Going through the lines, hearing the other lines, you know, like, I feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like there's all sorts of great apps that can help you just kind of listen to the dialogue. And so I feel like, yeah, practice is, practice is, is, is important. Um, and prayer, prayer, I guess, like literally, like I, I, I feel like my prayer life, like, like tripled, like I prayed so much and I, in my desperation, was, right? <laughs> exactly. I was just like, I was like, I felt like I just, I, I, my, my prayer was that I would just step out and be in the moment and just be in the moment yeah. that I would not worry. I would put all the worries and anxieties aside and I would just be in the moment. So, yeah. So you, a couple more questions on this, then we'll talk about the new, the new project and then how we're connected. So stay tuned. Episode 193 is going to get better. You're going to want to listen to the, to the whole thing. Okay. Um, you got to work with some pretty big names and Absolutely. actors. I mean, Adam McKay. I mean, what in the world? Your first kind of role on screen is with all of these heavy hitters. Can you talk a little bit about kind of stories that lingered or uh, things that were memorable for you and how you kept, you know, your cool for not geeking oh, out? On all these yeah, it was, it, it was it was difficult to keep my cool. I mean, like, like there was there there were because like to your point, there's people whose films or roles are just like oh my like I said to Adam McKay. Right after the second audition, I said, no matter what happens, I just want you to know I am such a fan of the way you contribute to this world. And and he was like, oh, thanks. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And it was genuine. I mean, I was not trying to butter him up or anything like that. I was like, no, like I'm a fan. I've wa- I watch your stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, the the I feel like, you know, obviously with time, you're spending so much time with each other. You realize we're all humans. You know, we all go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like. And and we're all we're all feeling some of the the worries and concerns and and I think what I appreciated about a lot of the cast was how vulnerable they were mm-hmm. and and how much they shared about you know their their cares and concerns and anxieties and and so I feel like that really helped kind of like level the playing field and then it's like we're teammates and we're going out here to make something make something beautiful let's do it together um, but yeah it was it was mm-hmm. <laughs> I I. Um, I definitely had a, 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 it was, I, f- I feel like it was a few weeks before I get really settled down. I was like, just, yeah. it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. I, I like, that's a great reminder. And I have to tell myself that sometimes too, is that this is another human being who has insecurities, right. who's trying to get their lines down, who right. doesn't want right. to, you know, mess things up and, right. and screw up the take just like me, if I happen to be in a scene with them. And I think that that's really a grounding reminder and a reality, you know? And I think, I think that same thing too, when I do have a rough patch with some people, cause we're not always on our best, you know, on set there's pressure and there's stress. Right. And sometimes a director or even like a a makeup artist or or a PA or somebody could say something that just seems short or hurtful and you can take it personally. But it's like sometimes we're just so in our spaces, you know, in our heads or not thinking about other people. Mm. And for me, when I like you said, when I think about these are other human beings that are trying their best. It grounds me. And then I also feel like I can be, and I heard you say this too, you're empathetic to your character. And then if we could be empathetic toward our cast and crew, 
that's also helpful too, Absolutely. you know, to, to help us move forward and be this collective crew that's trying to collaborate on something, especially something big at your level, you know? Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I, I feel like I've developed some really beautiful relationships with, with people in the crew as well, because we can't do our job if they're not doing their job. Plain and simple, yeah. you know, and I think there's, you know, I really, like, you know, you hear the term above the line, below the line. I hate that terminology, but I also realize it's important that I learn that terminology because it, it I, I think it talks just, it, it kind of, it, it lays bare some of the problematic history that has existed in this industry. And I'm not singling out the entertainment industry because it, sure. there's all sorts of problems across, you know, the world, America in specific, and just how institutions, the things that have kind of just been, 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 um, tolerated, you know, for, for time. And so I think, you know, for me, I was fascinated with everybody's job, the sound people, the lighting, like it was, yeah. they, I mean, everybody was like an expert in their field. And it was like, yeah. it was wonderful to kind of hear them talk a little bit about what they were doing and how it all comes together and blends together to make the final product. That's cool. Yeah. May we never get over it. May we always be inspired and excited by this process, you know, and I think that appreciation shows when, the craft service person and the ad and uh you know the transpo people when they feel loved and appreciated you can tell it, it's like it's, uh, tony it's i i love i love that i love what you're saying and so like even even the question that people ask me how did you get this role it's like you know what i am and uh, i'm a i'm a manifestation of my communities so i'm right. a manifestation of like the ecosystems that i grew up in and um, and you know, Robbie Jones, who the, the, the actor who I played co uh, college ball with took me through like this incredibly cra intensive crash course to prepare for my self tape. Right. Cool. And just in like, just blew, like just breathed so much confidence into me. So like, it's like, yes, I got the role, but I also was surrounded by a lot of wonderful people who kind of set us up, set apart time to help me like prepare for it, et cetera. So, That's great. yeah. So if, if, if I was like ever resistant of this idea of the self-made person i'm like i totally totally rejected now especially to your point when you like see this 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 uh this uh, hanger full of people who are trying to make one person look good right yeah it's uh yeah it's the community effort so that's great all right thanks thanks robbie way to go yeah. way to being a part of this story uh last question is there a favorite scene is there something that you're like oh, i'm super proud of this moment or, or something that makes yeah. you smile or laugh from your first season on the show oh man oh, there were there were so many fun moments i mean it was it was trying it was exhausting because it was a physical part for mm -hmm. sure like there was real basketball being played and i did <laughs> i did all my yeah i did all my stunts there, actually, there was one stunt that my good friend Lorenzo did um, where, where Kareem falls to the floor. But outside of that, I did everything else. Um, but um, you know, even that, shout out to the stunt people because, mm -hmm. man, geez, talk about a, a thankless job. Just some, just such incredible, incredible hearts. Yeah. But I, I would say, let's see. Um, I think um, the scene with Wood where we're in the locker room and Spencer Hayes character, Spencer Haywood is talking about his life. Spencer's a family friend. And so, you know, I was aware you of you personal. Story. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So Spencer from my family back in Michigan. And so, wow. um, so I've always been a huge fan of his. And again, one of those things where you think, you know, someone and you read like their book and you learn more and it's like, mm -hmm. Whoa, this backstory, his life story is extraordinary. That's like cool. basketball, the NBA is what it is today. 
in he, in large part because of the decisions Spencer Haywood made because of the courage he showed to challenge the rules around when you can come out of college to play professional basketball. So, so all that is said, the scene with Wood where Wood is just like pouring out his heart mm. and I'm just sitting there just taking it. I was just like, I was like, I'm going to fall apart. Like I'm going to fall apart to a million pieces right uh, now. This is like, I was, that's know, cool. So, yeah. And, and, and it was, and I think it's like, to the, it, it's so it, it's like, my role in that not a lot of dialogue but it's just mm-hmm. being present mm-hmm. and yep. absorbing what's happening right yeah and, and so and so it, I, like I, never, I i had someone say to me early on you're never going to watch film or tv the same yeah. after you've been on the set and i totally agree <laughs> yeah. and i now have so much appreciation for the audience yeah. the people on the outside who make who like you know maybe it's one word they say or an expression they get that make the scene right so that's mm-hmm. that was that was a lot of fun that's cool. I love it. That's so good. Your like your your total appreciation for the the total package of filmmaking has grown. And um, I will say, um, it was really fun because again, I don't have a ton of basketball history, but I just remember when I saw the reenactment of the naked gun scene, dude. Like, how fun was that to freaking do? You know, I think airplane, that's episode airplane, episode. Yeah. Or what did I say? Naked gun. Yeah. yeah airplane. Yeah. Airplane. Yeah. I mean, in in episode one, I mean that that was so. Fun. <laughs> that was cool dude like that kareem had this kind of cameo role in airplane and you get to reenact that like that i don't know that was fun man i like seeing that that was cool all right let's move on to how we are here today and how you're on this show uh you are moving into the space of writing and producing you have a short film that you have written uh, called sweet santa barbara brown i want to talk about it and Let's start with the fact that two weeks ago, uh, uh, this is a shout out to Jaron Lee, who's an actor in the Brave Maker Academy. Uh, two weeks and one day, he came to me because it was two weeks ago today that we started talking. Two weeks ago, um, this guy, Jaron, in my acting class said, hey, I met this actor who's on a TV show. I was like, okay, everyone's met an actor on a TV show. Sure, <laughs> sure. He's like, no, I, I, he came to my construction site, my boss, uh, to check out our work. And I'm still kind of unclear exactly what was happening, but I think you came, you came and your, your, your wife is, um, his niece, his boss's niece. He's like, yeah. And he, he's on a, an HBO show about the Lakers. I was like, are you serious? Like, what? I was like, yeah, I got his number. I'm like, wait, you got his number. How'd you get his number? He's like, I just asked. I was telling him about brave maker. I was like, are you sure it's his real number? I was like, yeah, you should call him. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to call this guy who plays Kareem Abdul-Jabbar out of the blue. He's like, no, he's expecting you. I was like, I don't know. And I talked to another guy. I was like, should I do it? He's like, yeah, if, if, he's, if, it's, if it's a warm connection out of the blue. I'm like, all right, I, I don't care. I, I'll take a risk, whatever. This is kind of awkward. So I dial you up on Thursday, two weeks ago today, around 11 o'clock California time. And you picked up on the second ring. I'm like, who picks up on the second ring? <laughs> To an unknown number. This is I'm like, uh, hey, uh, Sullivan, <laughs> this is Tony Gaffison. <laughs> and then we ended up chatting. And then long story short, now we are working together on this short film that you wrote and will act in and are producing. So, dude, this is amazing. I'm stoked. Is, yeah. And I love hearing the other side of that story. Because, yeah, that, that, that is wild. I, and, and, Tony, you know the story. An hour before you called, I was talking to a dear friend, um, kind of lamenting, like, oh, man, I'm a little bit worried about everything. I mean, there's, there's so much going on. There's the strike, et cetera. I'm like, yeah. we, we got to figure out how to fund this thing. And and um, and he's like, let me just pray for you. I'm just going to pray that God just connects you with the right kind of people. And like less than an hour, I 
an unknown, like an unidentified number calls. And <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even give rhyme or reason to why I picked up, but here we are. So, gosh. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who are listening and you're going like, what prayer, God, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, both Solomon and I, which is also kind of interesting, we share common faith. And that was a like phenomenal, like, whoa, okay. And we started, you know, talking about that. And then we got together in person, you know, for coffee and we were chatting about our backgrounds and just seemed like it's one of those moments, like we'll call it kismet, call it you know, serendipity, call it a divine appointment, whatever. But there's those moments where you feel like some everything's kind of coalescing for this. And it felt just so good and so right. And again, I, this business, it is a business, but it's also an art and a craft. It really is about relationships. And when you find somebody that you gel with, uh, you know, the no jerk policy is so huge. There are a lot of jerks out there, but there's also a lot of really good people in Hollywood and say that mm-hmm. that want to, do good things. And this story, Sweet Santa Barbara Brown, uh, I want you to talk about it, sure. what it's about, why it's important to you. And, you know, you'll hear listeners why it's a perfect fit for Brave Maker and how you can be a part of making it happen. So let's talk about mm-hmm. Sweet Santa Barbara Brown. Saul. Sure. Yeah. So Sweet Santa Barbara Brown is inspired by, by a number of things, but I think, you know, first and foremost, it's inspired by, I think the the, the absurd things in our country that have become normalized. Mm-hmm. And and so, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll start there with, you know, one of the things that inspired it. Um, so my uncle who passed away recently um, was uh, in his 70s. You know, we're sitting around at a family gathering a couple years ago and just kind of matter of factly starts into this story about when he was 15 years old. He was tall for his age. He's 15 years old. He's like 6'6". Six, six. Mm-hmm. And his father purchased him a brand new suit. And he's walking home in Detroit and police cars roll up on him. They jump out, guns are trained on them, and they're, you know, they're, you know, ordering them to, to get on the ground, et cetera. And he's telling this story. It's almost like talking to himself. And I'm sitting there. He's talking about how he had to basically beg for his life because their assumption was that he had stolen the suit. Mm. And here's this 15-year-old kid, you know, who looks like a grown man who's begging for his life with the people who are charged with serving and protecting us. And and he almost like kind of laughed it off. And I remember thinking, you know, I feel like, I mean, I feel like I've been blessed to be around thoughtful, conscious people that challenge me to stay thoughtful and conscious, no matter how absurd our times get. So, you know, just kind of reflecting on that and then thinking like, oh, you know what, actually, now that I remember it, that happened to a couple of my brothers, you know, and, and, you know, like just kind of going through the list of like black men that I know that have been in similar situations and just how normalized that is. And then, um, I've always, so I played with the Harlem Globetrotters um, right after college, and I've always been fascinated with their history, just how influential they've been to the game of basketball. Um, and there's one story in particular where in 1983, three members of the or three members of the team were in downtown Santa Barbara window shopping in preparation for the holidays, and they were, it was basically a break between games, and um, they were being surveilled by local police officers who suspected that they had uh, strong-armed robbed, that they committed a strong-armed robbery in a jewelry store um, in a nearby town. And so according to the news reports, they were being surveilled for a while. And then eventually, um, when they got in their cabs to go back to the hotel, so they went to get ice cream, stopped at a jewelry store, went to get ice cream, and then got in the cab on their way back to the hotel to prep for their game. Like the SWAT and the police team, the police rolled up on him, held him at gunpoint, had him 
you know, spread eagle out in the middle of the uh, of the street in downtown Santa Barbara. I mean, the newest footage you can find on YouTube. It's just really, it's it's surreal. Um, and so, and you and, and you're talking about the size. You know, like Louis Dunbar is like six ten. He's like sprawled out, and then you have like this smaller police officer that's like stuffing him into a cat into a, into a police car. And it's this thing that happened to them. And, um, and you know, the way they talk about it, like Lou Dunbar recently talked about it, and it was um, just kind of reflecting on, you know, that was 40 years ago, and we're still facing those realities. Mm. And how, you know, the, one of the things that was said to them was, hey, it could have been worse, you know, mm. right? And so, <clears throat> so talking about a team that, you know, is central to, you know, just kind of America's conversation around goodwill and patriotism and how America shows up on the world stage, you know, for that to happen to them. Right. And so, so, but, but, but beyond them, there's, you know, there's Daniel Shaver who was, and I don't want to go too into the, into the film because there, there are some elements of surprise, but Daniel Shaver who lost his life in, in Arizona was killed by a police officer. He's a white man. Um, Elijah McClain, you know, some of the things that he said about I'm different, you know, before he lost his life, there's uh, before he was killed, you know, there's this, I think that there's, there's a, obviously you know we're in the midst of these conversations about police reform in the midst of these conversations about abolition there's in the midst of these conversations about what does it look like for us to have people who are um who are charged with the duty of helping serve and protect what does that look like right mm-hmm. obviously it's happening at different rates in different areas and it's happening at different rates of people who look different and so there's i mean it's a, it's a it's a obviously it's a it's an important conversation that needs to be had so Sweet Santa Barbara Brown, it, it's inspired by by a number of these events, and you know it tells the stories of of three professional basketball players who are um, who are high profile, who um, really kind of exist in this basketball bubble, and and themselves are kind of reconciling what it what progress means for black black people in the '80s, and and they're met with this American reality that puts essentially them all on the same on the same um, on the same plane. When Solomon and I were talking and he was telling me this story, you know, we have a process. So if you're listening to this, um, you might have heard our uh, program about fiscal sponsorship, which basically enables filmmakers to come under the Brave Maker umbrella uh, for partnership, for helping uh, produce projects, for helping mentoring and fundraising, and really giving filmmakers an opportunity to uh, have the invitation to donors to get tax deductions for making their films, which right now, uh, as indie filmmakers, it's becoming more and more challenging you know, to raise funds unless you can have that type of incentive. So that's one thing that we love doing at Brave Maker. So we're always looking for projects. We try to take on three-ish a year. And so as he was telling me the story, I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Yeah, we got to... Uh, let's do it. And so like the, the day after we were on a Zoom with Eric, who's the director uh, of the shore, and we were talking all sorts of things. And then, by the way, another day later, I got a text from another guy on Winning Time. He's like, hey, I'm friends with Solomon. I'm doing a short film. <laughs> Sean Small, who plays Larry Bird. Like, oh my gosh, y'all, this is so fun. So things are happening, uh, Brave Maker audience and uh, supporters. And we want to encourage you to participate in it. So... Here's what we got coming down the pike. We have two different uh, offerings. So Solomon is going to be doing an in-person event with us on Saturday night in Redwood City at a private location. And we're looking just together about 20 people. We probably already have about five or six so far who have already heard about the story, are interested to donate and to partner with it. And uh, Solomon's, the the budget is around 30,000. I think I just saw the updated budget, around Mm $30,000. 
And that's easy, right? If, um, you know, six people give 5K each. Uh, we know people have these type of resources and we want to tell these type of stories. This is what Brave Maker was created to do is to have these important conversations to move us forward to create change and societal impact and to raise awareness and to you know defeat racism and to make people better humans and what greater way to do that than telling stories that make people empathize and hopefully want to take action so solomon uh, anything else you want to say about you know the team and the hopes for the for the project, I know we 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 can talk a little bit maybe about an incentive if you remember if that's something we can go public. Yeah, with, but yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah um, you know, I think uh, what else I want to say. You know, we uh, I've really enjoyed working with a lot of the people from Winning Time. You know, to to, to what we, Tony and I were talking about earlier, just the importance of you know building relationships and just when you when you're working with a crew that you know you you realize you're all on one accord. Um, you know, the director of photography, Dom, um, um, Eric Dyson. We're, you know, we're, we're working on the set um, in addition to a number of people who want to step up and do sound, et cetera. And they're just wonderful humans. And so I'm just, uh, it's, it's fun to visualize and, and think about the opportunity for us to get to work together again. Um, and then, you know, moreover, just, you know, putting in the foreground these important conversations that we continue, that we need to continue to have around um, what we're holding on to from our past that we need to let go of, right? Um, just the way, um, the way, you know, so, so I mean, for, for, on, on a personal level, you know, talking about my uncle passed away when he passed, you know, the, it was clear just in, 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 in some of the conversations we had that there was things that he was struggling with. Right. And, that, and you wonder how much of that experience. Right. And what, how, what are the other experiences that he had with that we don't know about? Mm -hmm. We kind of just weighed, have, like, weighed on him in ways that, um, you know, were, were just harmful. And so uh, I think, I guess, for, for viewers and potential donors, you know, it's an important story. Um, it's it's an incredible cast. I'm I'm going to be playing in it as well. Um, Robbie Jones will, is, is going to be in it. Um, I think, you know, it's it's a conversation. It's uh, it's a, it's a conversation. It's a, um, it's uh, I'm not being very articulate, but I guess it's in a conversation that's, that that's important for everybody, right? I, mean, I feel like as, as our world gets more diverse, um, I feel like it's a conversation that's important for everybody because again, we as humans, I think we constantly need to be critiquing and interrogating the way we think about the people who are charged with serving and protecting our communities. Mm -hmm. And incentive, you want to talk a little bit about the incentive? Tom? Yeah. You know, we, we had said, Hey, if the donor of Brave Maker give 5,000 or more, uh, you get the title of executive producer and we would love to bring you down to the set. We pay for you, but you can bring you can come and bring yourself and, and watch and participate and be a part of something uh, significant. Now, obviously, there are people who um, don't necessarily have the desire or the um, passions to be in the entertainment industry. That's fine too. Uh, but you just want to support a great project like this. So maybe you don't right. care about the the title of executive producer. Some people do. This is a way you could advance your career. I remember one of the things I did early on before I even made my short film is I had a little bit of an inheritance that I received and I helped two of my friends make films with some of that inheritance so that I got executive producer credit. I got to come to set. I got to even wow. go to awards parties because one of them was shortlisted for the Oscars. So all that stuff is really important. So I tell actors this all the time. If you want to advance your career, you've got to be on the cutting edge or on the, the other side of the camera helping to make the film. Just don't focus on getting in front of the camera. 
Find ways to get behind the camera. And this is one way that you can do it. And you'll be partnered with Solomon and all these amazing people in Los Angeles who are doing big time shows and films. Your names will be linked together forever on IMDb. So that is an incentive. And I think that is a strategic thing to consider uh, by being a part. So if you're listening to this or watching this and maybe it's past uh, our, our fundraisers, which are June 3rd and June 5th, they're Saturday night and a Monday night. So Saturday night, you'll actually get to meet Solomon. Uh, you'll have to directly message me, Tony at bravemaker.com to get the information. Uh, and then Monday night, you're going to meet Eric, who's the director of the short film. And we're really, really excited about this. I think this is a perfect match for the Brave Maker community and the vision of what we're trying to be about as we go into. By the way, today is our fifth anniversary. June fifth is our fi- June first is our fifth anniversary. Twenty eighteen, we started, and here it is, twenty twenty three. So we're very excited. This is very momentous. So Solomon, thank you so much for allowing us to partner with you and be a part of this. It's really, really exciting. Right back at you, Tony. I'm I'm super grateful to be partnering with you guys. Um, and um, yeah, I'm excited for excited for the future. Sweet. Uh, okay, so real quick, um, we always end the show. I don't know if if you were able to read our little prompt, our producer Amy sense because I know you were you're super busy. But we end the show with your favorite thing of the week we call it our brave faves so if you got something you got 30 seconds brave faves tv shows films books songs technology clothing podcast food and more these are a few of our favorite people places and things brave faves Okay, my brave fave of the week is uh, stolen from another podcast that I listen to. Uh, This is how the power of sharing what your favorite things are could do to someone. So I heard a guy, uh, Britt, who is a filmmaker and the director of a film called Paint with Owen Wilson. He was talking about how on set, some of the craft services had this thing called Zip Fizz, which you can find at Costco. Oh, my gosh. I bought a bucket or a box of these things, and it's so good. It's like energy drink. Uh, it, it just It's healthy, and I have been drinking it all show right now. It's my new thing. They come in all sorts of flavors. Zip Fizz. Did I read all of the ingredients in there? Not necessarily, but it tastes good. And I got to say, I feel better when I drink it. So I don't know. Is it, is it, is it really doing something good for my body? Let's, let's hope so. But it definitely is having a sort of metaphysical effect. <laughs> What's your favorite thing of the week? Solomon? My favorite thing of the week, I am going to say, so in the entertainment space, the succession finale. On oh Sunday. my gosh. Um, yeah. If you have not watched succession, yeah. um, I highly, highly recommend it is, um, it's just prestigious. It's an incredible, incredible series. I think it is a mirror on humanity. And I think the, the writing, the acting, it's just, it is, it's just exceptional. And hearing how the cast have talked about their experience, mm-hmm. how much of a family environment, just the love that was felt, it's just, it's really, really encouraging. And it's like one of the things that I thought was like, man, I really hope everybody who was in this space gets to experience that at least one time, you know, like a real, it feels like a really like a family effort. Um, but yeah, the finale was, was incredible, incredible. Oh, some of the imagery in that last finale was absolutely right. phenomenal. The acting, of course, so complicated and nuanced. Yeah. I loved it too. I definitely agree. All those actors, man, like they poured everything out on that show. Woo, so good. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's our show. Uh, you can follow Solomon at his Instagram at Solomon Young Hughes. Uh, give a follow. If you want more information on Sweet Santa Barbara Brown, you can go to our website at bravemaker.com and click on the fiscal sponsees link and get this. If you want to become a donor to Sweet Santa Barbara Brown right now, text the title of the film, Sweet Santa Barbara Brown, to 44321 to your phone, and that donation will come right into uh, their bank account. And by the way, I don't make any money uh, off this. I'm just partnering with them. I get to be a producer just to help as a Brave Maker founder and executive director. I'm just here to help make movies, and I'm very, very excited about this. So mm -hmm. all that money is going right back into the film to make it to get gear and rentals of locations and costumes because it is a period piece, mm -hmm. and we're excited to see what kind of um, – you know, you had some really cool hair in winning time. So we're <laughs> yeah. excited to see what, what you get to sport here. Uh, anything else you want to say before we take off, Solomon? No, just, you know, it's, I feel like, you know, you said like two weeks ago, I guess, to learn about Brave Maker, to learn about the work that you're doing for marginalized communities. It's just for, you know, the, the way you all show up for people, it's just, it touches my heart. Super grateful for it. I feel very grateful to be, um, you know, part of this community now. And, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing more and hearing more of the stories of people who, who are, are part of Brave Maker. I love it. I love that you, you say you're a part of it because it's true. You are a part of Brave Maker. So bring it. And, okay, I didn't even ask you this. Can you talk about a little smidge of something, what's happened, the reason why you're taking off uh, somewhere? A can little bit, yeah. A little teaser? Yeah. A little teaser. I, um, I, I, a very, very, very little teaser. But I, I, I'm going to be working on a film project. Um, back east, uh, and I head out Sunday, and I'm really excited about it. And I'm looking forward to sharing more when I can share more. So, yeah. so great, yeah. So Solomon, we were going to do this thing on Monday night. Then he's like, "This is the acting life. Guess what? I'm taking off on Sunday to New York for three weeks. So amazing. So so happy for you. So great to know you. And uh, I'll end by saying this. You know, um, your 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 passions for you know, film and entertainment and media, and as well as justice. You know, again, they align so well with Brave Maker and all of our fiscal sponsees are always invited to come to the film festival. So July 13th yeah. through the 16th, uh, you just might see Solomon at our film festival. And that is a reminder to you all to go to our website at bravemaker.com and get your tickets July 13th through the 16th. We have 40 different films, great people, makers, screenwriters, showrunners, producers and actors coming up to the Bay for four days of panel discussions, parties, and all sorts of uh, cool film events. So don't, don't miss it. I cannot be uh, doing this without uh, my amazing producer, Amy Cohen out of Austin, Texas, who's been live uh, quoting and, and tweeting us here. So thank you, Amy, for doing all this stuff while uh, we have been chatting here. There you go. Uh, and also uh, our intern, Jessica Cohen, who will take clips from this show and post them up there uh, for the following week. And then Carrie Ali, who is our social media producer, and Barnell Amos, who will then take this and turn it into an audio version podcast. So please share this. If you were inspired in any way, we would love and appreciate your support. Don't forget, we are a nonprofit. So all of the um, support we get goes right back into our, you know, our, our platform here, our subscription, our, our rent, uh, getting our gear and doing all this great stuff that we get to do that we absolutely love. If you believe in this mission... Please support us, bravemaker.com slash donate. This has been episode 193 with Solomon Hughes, uh, my new friend. And I can say film collaborator. So thanks, Solomon. Yeah, thank I'll you see you, very much. see you on Saturday. Sounds great. <laughs>
All right, everybody. Uh, brave stories change the world, and you are the story. Until next time. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.